0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the latest episode of 5 on the Floor and the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Also, the 5 Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also... Get off the floor text directly to your phone from Alex, Brady, myself, and Greg. You get it's insider information, special Q&As, prize picks, uh, promo funds. We do all kinds of, of contests over there. Check us out at winnow.app. That's W-I-N-N-O.app backslash off the floor. $3.05 per month. The first week is free. Also, check out the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Speaking of free, you get free money from Better Edge. 20 bucks. All you got to do is go to betteredge.com. And use the code 5RSN, that's the number 5RSN, get $20 to play, football season is starting, bet it legally. Don't bet it on one of these offshore apps, you don't know if you're going to get your money, it's not legal, all that stuff. No, betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN, you can find the line that you want because you're betting against others who use it. It's like betting against your friends instead of betting against a bookie or against the app. Go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN. And now, today's episode. Down the bitch
1: gang, yipe. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Wait, here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Butler said, you in trouble, y'all. the floor plan. got it all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust. it's pal have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's Floor Plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick. And at Five Reasons Sports, I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. The Floor Plan, this is Ridiculous Premise Friday. That's where we're recording this. Other podcasts have been coming out throughout the week. We appreciate our guy Drew Starr for transcribing all this stuff and listening to all this BS that we wouldn't have to want to have to listen to. We are going to allow you to listen to it with our comments in there. So we're going to do this rapid fire here. Some of the stuff that's been out there this week, and a lot of it came out on a podcast out of Boston. Surprise, surprise. Chris Maddox, who is a national reporter. By the way, has a pretty good relationship with Eric Spolstra. Um, They've bonded over boxing. He's written many stories on him over the years. Maddox is a respected national reporter. But as is the case, it seems like with Bill Simmons, Kevin O'Connor, anybody else, there is an extreme Boston bias here, and that came across in a podcast <coughs> that was released. Is this NBC Boston? Is that correct?
1: Um, well, he works for that. That's that's where he works for. But the podcast is the crossover, which is the Sports Illustrated podcast right. with Chris Maddox, with Rohan, and with Chris Herring. Okay, so we'll focus on that one. We've had Chris
0: Herring here on the podcast. Uh, I don't yeah, Rohan's been on the podcast here as well. He's certainly been on Miami Heat beat quite a bit. And again, I know Maddox. So we know these people. All right. It's an excellent podcast. It has some ridiculous premises right now. Uh, let's start with this one. And and this was the one that really jumped out. And I'm going to call up uh, Drew Starr's uh, profile here as we go. This is the one that I just I just cannot read it. Around. Well, it's the 10th seed one. Can you yeah. can you read that one?
1: Got it. So the quote is from Chris Mannix. Let's say the Heat do nothing else and they go into the season with the roster they currently have. Are they even a playoff team? They lost their starting backcourt. In an 82-game season, I'd probably have them penciled into 10th in the East right now.
0: Okay. Let's dissect this. Uh, the Miami Heat finished 7th in the East last year. Yes, they were the 8th seed, but they actually finished 7th during the regular season. They had the most man games missed to injury of any team in the Eastern Conference. A lot of that was Kyle Lowry, but there were others, of course, who were supposed to play significant roles for them, uh, who had injuries throughout the season. They advanced to the finals, which I guess is not really relevant for the conversation of what seed they're going to be this year. But as they did so, their roster was mocked mostly because they had too many undrafted players on it, right? Two of which were Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, who, by the way, did not start the season as starters last year. The starting backcourt last year for the Miami Heat coming out of training camp was Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. Struess and Vincent were backups. Now, all of a sudden, because they have lost two guys who came into last season as backups, who, let's be honest, we just had Max on the pod. We love Max. We love Gabe. Both guys were uneven during the regular season. Is that fair to say, Alex?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay.
0: Two players whose performance was uneven during... Inconsistent. Okay, inconsistent. Uneven, inconsistent. Two players whose performance was uneven or inconsistent during a regular season, in which they were not supposed to start in the first place, and then they were mocked during the postseason for the fact that these undrafted guys had to play when Tyler Hero was not available. Now, Tyler Hero, even if they don't get Dame Lillard, is coming back to the Miami Heat as of the moment, if, again, if they don't have Dame yet, Um, And he's talking about the roster as is. And they added Josh Richardson to the mix, who was not there last year, right? And you're telling me that in an Eastern Conference that has not markedly improved in any way, in fact, you can make an argument that it has regressed. Most of the teams in the Eastern Conference have actually regressed or have stayed relatively the same. We're saying that they're going to slip from a 7 seed to a 10 seed after making a run to the finals because they lost two undrafted, again using the terms that others were using, two undrafted players who were on even during the regular season, and they're bringing back their second leading scorer and their third highest paid player. It, that's the argument here, Alex. Do, am I, do I understand this correctly?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's there's some creative labeling going on here, right, with the with the starters thing. Because yes. The the one thing I will say I, I you know I'm I'm gonna defer to is the fact that they were starters in two straight deep playoff runs. Gabe and Max were huge part of it. But when you go into like going oh you know they lost their two their starting backcourt. If you look at the Heat's like rotation in that backcourt, they've all been starters at one point right. or another, right? Like um, Duncan was a starter for two years, two and a half year, however I mean however long it was. Um, Kyle obviously started. For a good point, as you mentioned, Tyler started like and if <laughs> you want to throw Josh Richardson in there. Right. When he was here, he, he was a starter. He was, you know, other than that rookie year after that, he, he was developed and he was a core piece of that team. and was always a starter. So they they have plenty of starting level talent in the backcourt, obviously a hole right now at, at, at point guard uh, outside of Kyle. They, they just have the kind of two way guys. But in general, like they have other pieces in that backcourt. It's not like it, they, they just lost right, um, their entire backcourt. They've got other guys to fill in. And and you know how I feel on this. I wasn't a fan of them letting both walk. I, I think if you're a contending team, um, if you're a team like the Miami Heat who's just been there so far every year in, in this Jimmy era other than one, you know, you pay. You pay up for guys who step up in the playoffs. And so ultimately, you know, I understand what he's trying to say. Like, it was the team that was the seventh seed, lost a playing game, became the eighth seed. They just lost two playoff starters. That's not nothing, it's not, and I and I I think people point out, especially with Max, the bad games that he had uh, towards the end, missing all the threes, and I think that's kind of what people have in their minds, and it's like, oh, you, you know, you won't miss them that much. Duncan is still there, and I get the reasoning, but those guys, again, they were huge for you in the playoffs. They had a lot of big moments, uh, him and Gabe, and I, I think a lot of the the kind of the worst moments are are remembered when people bring up like kind of just letting these guys walk because again, it wasn't, you weren't going to get anything else. You weren't going to get any cap space from letting them walk or any sort of financial flexibility. It's more just mm. trying to avoid a bigger tax bill, which is of course, you know, his right. But again, you know, it's just, it, it feels a little bare, right? The, it feels very like exaggerated, like they're 10th in the East. If you just do a quick, That's like right. through, through the list of Eastern conference teams, it's, it's a reach. It's a reach. A like reach?
0: 40, reach 40, Alex. Alex, Alex it, it's more than a reach. Basically what you're saying is every team that was ahead of Miami last year remains ahead of Miami. So we're saying Boston, Milwaukee. Okay, you can make an argument. Philadelphia mm-hmm. doesn't have issues right now. I think they have yeah. issues right now. Yeah, I'm uh, sure
1: they're going to be just a regular season juggernaut even though their second best player actively doesn't want to be there.
0: Correct. OK, Cleveland. Uh OK, you can make an argument for them. And they did add yeah. Max New York. Yeah. Miami just beat New York in a playoff series. And in their big
1: best- Sorry, yeah. this big Knicks series like this. I mean, excuse me, this big year for the Knicks. Right. Where they were this like cute story, and this amazing run. They Miami won eliminated seven games. them with ease. with ease. They won, they won, they won 47 games.
0: Right, and the Miami eliminated them with ease. Even yeah, though like, Josh Hart it, it, took out their best player's ankle.
1: Okay, so, yeah. And right. this was the Heat's down year, right? Like the Heat won forty-four. Like this, you know, you know what I mean. The swing in perspective is funny. The Knicks just had this huge forty-seven win season, and the Heat just and they had this didn't super add down forty-four.
0: Dante Divincenzo, so they add to their Villanova <laughs> yeah. uh, wedding party. Okay, and then beyond that, okay. So we're saying what he's basically saying is all of those teams hold above, right? And, and, the Nets hold above. Okay. And beyond that, they, had, they didn't do anything, by the way, in the offseason of, of great significance. At least, at least they add Tyler Hero, maybe. And they, okay? they
1: they had a cushion in the regular season last year because they started the year off with Katie and Kyrie. you know. Correct. And they only really finished ahead of Miami because they did beat
0: them twice in the regular season. And that that it padded the cushion. But nonetheless, okay? People started to figure out Mikael Bridges a little bit by the end of last year. His percentages started to dip. But then not only are you saying that all six of those teams are going to finish ahead of Miami – as currently constituted, who, by the way, Miami still has their two best players. You're not only saying that, but now you're saying, well, three, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago. You're now saying that those three teams that finished behind the Heat during the regular season, Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta, subtracted John Collins, added nothing of significance, Toronto, subtracted Fred Van Vliet, added nothing of significance. Chicago added nothing of significance and found out that Lonzo ball is going to miss the entire season again. I'm trying to figure out Indiana. Why it is that Maddox isn't looking at those three teams. So is he going deeper? He's saying Indiana, which is Halliburton and what? Okay. Orlando Detroit ready to compete. No, not at this stage. Orlando was better in the second half of the year, but no Charlotte's not even attempting to compete. Who are these teams that are going to push the heat as currently constituted to 10th in the conference? Look, you can make a case out West, okay, if some things break right for certain teams, that if Miami got off to a slow start or something, that they could slip towards, you know, maybe a 6, a 7, an 8. In the Eastern Conference, really? Like, you really have to assume Jimmy's going to miss 60 games. Like, I don't understand how you can even come to that conclusion. It, there is such, and this is the problem with all this. And and again, I don't want to disparage a particular reporter who's a national reporter, may have a Boston bias, et cetera. But when you come out with that, and then we start to get to the rest of this report reporting here, and I'm putting that in quotes, it just seems like an ax to grind at this point. Like, we don't sit here on a Miami podcast and bash Boston, okay? I mean, if we had Chris Joseph on here and some other show network, they might. But I'm saying we don't sit on here and just, like, say... Well, Tatum sucks. Nobody believes Tatum sucks. We joke about Jalen Brown not having uh, you know, only having one hand. Okay, fine. He's also getting paid an outrageous amount of money. We can critique the smart for Porzingis move and say, Okay, does that help Boston? Does that hurt Boston? Porzingis has hurt already. But we're not gonna sit here and argue Boston's a ten seed after especially especially if Boston had just beaten the Heat in the conference finals. For the second time in what was it uh you know i mean the second the second time in what four Four years years. right okay so so that's ridiculous and then here's the problem because then you get to the rest of this and you're like basically this is just another national reporter hasn't done any research on the heat so I want to mention a couple sponsors here. And then after that, I I want to get to the next part of this because the next part of this we really should shoot down. Because the reporting on it is just honestly, it's just frankly atrocious. Okay. And it's just and it and it's it's one of the problems of being a national person. And I dealt with this the two years I was a national person. You're sort of asked to know everything about everything, and you don't. Okay. And when you don't, you should just say you don't. Okay. That's just the way that this works. And that's kind of the lesson that I learned over a period of time. All right. Do want to mention a couple sponsors here at the Five Reasons Sports Network? Our friends over at Water Cleanup of Florida, you can find them at WCUFL.com, WCUFL.com. Michael, Robert, and his team, if you've got leaks, any of that kind of stuff, mold, they can handle for you after the fact, but also they got a preventative program. Check that out at WCUFL.com, Water Cleanup of Florida, because we know that the insurance companies don't always take care of it after the fact, right, even if Water Cleanup does. Reach out to them. They can do all the inspections for you. Make sure that you are the best possible prepared you can be for any contingency, whether it's everything from a hurricane to just roof damage uh, that you're dealing with in an old house. So check them out. They're based in Boca Raton, but they service all of South Florida, even West Florida as well. WCUFL.com, Michael, Robert, and his team. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. Also do want to mention prize picks. Use the code 5 five F I V E. Football is back. That means all the props are up there for the opening games as well as the season props. You can pair them together. And you can still play FIBA on there as well. Use that code 5, F-I-V-E. If you want to win PrizePix promo funds, you must be signed up with our code. We've had to tell that to a few people on our off-the-floor feed. And, we again, we're giving out sometimes $50, $25 bucks in, addition, in addition to the match up to $100. So it's a lot of free money to give yourself ch- a chance to play. Go to prizepix.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L P.com/slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition, ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. All right, let, let me get to the next quote here, uh, Alex. And I, this is reporting. So we, uh, again, I'm putting that in quotes. So we, we need to address this, okay? Because we have previously on the podcast, but, again, we appreciate Drew underscore star for, uh, for uh, transcribing all this stuff. I know I'm fairly certain about this. Tyler Hero has not been pleased by all that's gone on in Miami this offseason, how he's been bandied about his filler in trade talks. He has not been happy with how his name has been tossed around in trade talks. All right. I right, want to let me cut this off at the pass. Okay. S- sentence by sentence. I'm fairly certain about this. All right, that's that's a hedge. Okay, uh, we do that sometimes here on the podcast, also, but we like then the information afterwards to be accurate. Uh, okay, the rest of this is Tyler Hero has not been pleased by all that's gone on in Miami this off season. That is a mischaracterization. Okay, Tyler Hero doesn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> We've said that on the podcast. He wants to be in Miami. But this next sentence, how he's been bandied about as filler in trade talks, no one has bandied Tyler Hero about as filler in trade talks, except the people outside of Miami who have been trashing Tyler's name. Those of us who are here have consistently said, Tyler Hero is not a player you should be looking to dump, but we are talking about a top 75 player of all time. It is not a criticism of Tyler Hero. To say that he would be the prime piece in a trade for said player who was going to the Hall of Fame. Or to say that maybe he was in the conversations for someone like Mitchell or Durant. You're talking about elite of the elite. You're not talking about trading him for crap, okay? And when I've talked to the Heat about this, they said the same thing, like, our players hopefully are smart enough to understand that this is not about dumping them. It's about pursuing someone who is transcendent, okay? This one, this next line, he has not been happy with how his name has been tossed around in trade talks. It has not been tossed around in trade talks by anybody locally. It's everybody nationally who's talking about, well, nobody wants Tyler Hero. First thing, that bleep ain't true, okay? There are teams that want Tyler Hero. There was a report that came out early on, I think from Ian Bagley, about the Nets, Uh, requiring a first-round pick to take Tyler Hero. That was never true. Tyler Hero has always been considered, and we've said so on this podcast, even with his contract, a positive asset. Maybe not a huge positive asset because he is getting a substantial amount of money, but he is a positive asset. This is not the way we've discussed Lowry, for instance, or even Duncan Robinson? No, we have not said that about Tyler Hero, and neither have the other podcasts in this market, nor have I seen that bandied about on social media, except for those Heat fans who just don't like Hero, and there's a small percentage of those on Twitter. So this is just, this whole paragraph is bullshit, frankly, okay? It's just bullshit. Like, he's not happy because he wants to be in Miami, (laughs) all right? And he's gone Two, first thing, if you're unhappy and you're moping and you're disgruntled, you're not appearing on Twitter spaces with the fans like he's done. You're not going to Miami Pro League like he's done, okay? And you're not communicating with the Heat organization, which I can tell you he has done, okay? So all of that is bullshit. This is not Harden. It's not even Lillard in Portland, okay? So that's the first thing. And then, Alice, I'm going to let you weigh in on all this, but I want to get to the next one. Oftentimes, when we're discussing Tyler Hero, this again is more from Maddox, Mm -hmm. we're discussing how many teams don't want him. That is not sat well with Hero, potentially bringing a disgruntled Tyler Hero back to the mix. How much pressure is Miami feeling? These are literally three completely unrelated thoughts that have been made up separately and then combined into a mess of garbage. Let's start with the first one, okay? We're Mm -hmm. discussing how many teams don't want him. Who's we? The national media? Okay, Let's, it's not the local media. We haven't said that. Why would it be in our interest or even a Heat fan's interest to say the teams don't want Tyler Hero? That has not sat well with Hero. Well, perhaps, but potentially bringing a disgruntled Tyler Hero back to the mix. Well, wait a second. The national media don't run the Miami Heat. The people that Tyler Hero would be upset about <laughs> don't work in Miami. They don't mm-hmm. live in Miami. So and then this is the last part, and this is the thing we've, we've gone against on the podcast all this time. And I know you, I said we didn't have a topic today. I knew if I got started on this, this would end up being 20 minutes. How much pressure is Miami feeling? Why would they feel pressure? Because Tyler Hero is pissed that reporters, not just Chris Mannix, but others, have basically trashed Tyler Hero's name. Why would the Miami Heat feel pressure about that? I, I don't funny. understand. These are like completely unrelated thoughts to make a point. And then, I, I, and then we'll get to the last one after it. But, Alex, am I crazy? I just, am I crazy?
1: No, I mean, I just think the whole thing is just – it's overblown. It feels like it's kind of surface-level thinking, right? Um, and, look, I'm not trying to take shots at Chris Mannix, but it's true. Like, it's – when you look at the whole Tyler Hero thing, and I think you've – you know, your reporting has made this clear, and, and I think you said this on Twitter today, he, he's driven he's driven he wants to be here he wants to prove everybody wrong that for sure I think that's a part of like the stuff that he channels um you know into working on his game over the summer and when he's out there on the court I just think in general like it's become uh very overblown I I think if he was here um to start the season with tame without dame right whatever I I think he would be driven to kind of prove everybody wrong and to shut everybody up I think that's what he's about and yeah, that's easier said than done, but the guy has kind of gotten better every year. So I'm not going to doubt that he comes in a little bit better, just like he has, you know, the past few seasons. I I think that's, you know, he he works really hard, all the the, the stuff about him, um, you know, kind of his his background with how much he loves the game and and is about playing and working. I think it it fits everything that he'd love, and it's turned into just this kind of shit show with everybody else, the way they talk about him, because he kind of gets put into this box of kind of, you know, inefficient, no defense um, scoring guard who's all about his shots. And that's not the game he plays at all. I think the people who watch the Heat and watch his game know that he, he's he's more to it than that. He's not just a, a guy who's out there to get shots up. Like he he plays the game. He he kind of takes what the defense gives him. And I, I think there's, there's a big, there, there's a line in the middle, right? Between how I think most Heat fans and people who watch the Heat look at him versus uh the outside world where he gets kind of thrown into this label and so i think because of that he he, you know like you said other people are talking about him that way but not the people that matter to him not the people that matter in this situation the people he would have to be dealing with so it's overblown the whole it's it's a non-story unless there's you know actual reporting that tyler is upset but that didn't seem to be the case it seems to be like kind of speculation almost framed as reporting and again He's a long-time journalist. I'm not trying to trash him. It just it came off weird. It, it did come off a little bit weird. And it's one thing to just talk about it when you're, you know, you're previewing the season and you're the prompt is the heat, right? To have questions maybe about how Tyler is going to re- respond, that's fair. But I think once you start kind of you know going over that, it, it gets a little bit reckless, right? Because I, I I think it starts getting into a character issue almost. It's like do you, do you not think this guy is going to come out and work his ass off and try to prove everybody wrong i I just i don't know i I think this whole thing has just got it it's starting to get a little bit ugly right where people are just taking shots but i think tyler hero is not feeling disrespected by the heat i don't think he he feels disrespected that like you said he's in trade talks for superstars like i'm sure that just boosts his ego a little bit and i'm sure he likes that type of stuff and it just motivates him to be even better next season it it kind of is what it is i i just think when you look at Dame. Dame has a reason to be angry
0: at Portland. James Harden has a reason to be angry at Philadelphia, but James Harden's track record makes it hard to be sympathetic towards James Harden. In Tyler's case, there's no reason to be angry at the Heat. I mean, the only reason to be angry at the Heat would be if he took Pat Riley's press conference too seriously when Pat was gassing him up. And we told everybody that day, to you know, to you know, not accept <laughs> padded his word for that because we know that he's done that kind of thing before, and it still means that there is a chance that they would trade Tyler Hero. But again, they're uh, trading him for a top seventy-five player. You know, to get that deal done is is not insulting. But even beyond that, if you know Tyler at all and you know the situation, you know how he'll use this as motivation to the Heat's benefit. See, that's the difference between, that's the difference between the Harden situation and the Lillard situation. Look, you can trust Lillard to be professional, right? It's clear he doesn't want to go too far out of the ledge and burn too many bridges. Harden you can't trust to be professional, and he's not going to be professional. In Hero's case, there's no reason not to be professional here. He's 23 years old. He's still making a name for himself. He loves to play, and the Heat have done nothing that to, I mean, they gave him a starting job last year, and they gave him the contract last year. Like, they've done right by the guy. It just so happens he's the asset if they want to go get the big fish. Now, he can make a case that he can be that guy, and I know he wanted to make that case in the playoffs, and that was unfortunate the way that that turned out. But he's not going to show up and dog it. There's no benefit for him to do that, and it's not in his nature anyway. And this is like, to me, this is, these all of these things to these national guys are like solutions in search of a problem. Like, there is no problem. Like It's almost like they want it to be a disaster in Miami. Uh, it's not going to be. They won't allow it to be. Eric Spolscher won't allow it to be, and they have brought these guys up in a way through that system that they're not going to do that. The, the circus is going to be in Portland. And, and then I'll go to this last quote here because, again, it just feels like it's like wish casting, okay? It's not podcasting. It's wish casting on the part of some of these Boston guys, okay? It's the same thing O'Connor was doing. Quote, I was talking to a GM who believes that in the next month, Two months, maybe three months, you'll see someone else emerge on the trade market that takes an interest in acquiring Dame. At least Port Port gives Portland someone to play against Miami in this situation. Okay, I'm not going to doubt that Maddox spoke to a GM. I know he has sources around the NBA, but again, this is wishful thinking from the GM's part. Also, we've gone through the list. All right, I mean OKC got brought up as a possibility. That you know, who's to say that they're not way over 500 and Pressy decides to cash in some trips. They have a ball-dominant elite young guard, okay, in SGA. They're going to pair him with Dame. That's what they're going to do here. They're going to trade some of that young core when Presti's been hoarding it all this time to make one all-in move. For what? Are they getting past Denver this year anyway? I, I mean, all of this stuff, like any team you go through, you can come up with the reasons. Why they they make want more in strike than Dame. Right, exactly. And, and here's the other thing. OKC is going to pay Dame $63 million at the end of that contract. OKC's owner refused to keep the core of Durant, Westbrook, and Harden together over basically $4 million. You're telling me that they're going to then go pay Dame $63 million when he's 36, 37 years old? Again, this is like we talked about in the last podcast that it seems like even in Portland, they're starting to come to the realization this thing needs to get done. I'll just close here the only people who can't seem to grasp it and accept it are in Boston. This isn't even a Portland thing anymore. It's literally the Boston based media. Like that's it. Even the New York based media gave up Stephen, a., et cetera. It's literally it's Simmons, it's Mannix, and it's O'Connor. Like that's, that's it's, it's the ringer crew. It's the Boston crew. And it's like, they still cannot seem to figure out how this organization keeps beating the Celtics. And this organization has been the best organization in the Eastern Conference over the past 27, 28 years ahead of the Celtics. The second best organization is the Cleveland Cavaliers, only because LeBron was there. Okay. And that's it. Look at the rest of the East. Miami has the most conference finals. Okay. They've gotten to the finals more times than Boston. They've got more championships than Boston during that period of time. They keep eliminating Boston. And so it's like, again, it's wish casting. And, you know, people call us homers here on this podcast. And I know I, you know, I'm still trying to hold on to my journalistic flag here. But now that I've gotten out of it a little bit, I'm seeing it. And
1: honestly, it it's ridiculous. That's the way I'm going to put it. Closing thought, Alex. I mean, I'm, I'm fully with you, man. Like it, the wish casting, brilliant line by you. Um, Look, man, it's hard to add stuff that's new to this conversation. And I think that's what we're all struggling with right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about all these other people that have to create content about basketball right now. They're just kind of create, everybody's trying to create good conversation and conversation that'll get other people talking. Right. And I think that's part of this as well. Now, again, not to, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade. I, I just, I disagree. Right. That, that's, that's where I stand. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think a lot of this stuff is overblown. And I think, like I've said before, Someone's gonna to have to blink eventually. I I don't see there being the sleeper team, which would be the mm-hmm. real concern, as as we talked about in the last podcast. Like again, trying to come up with these teams, it's, it's we've done this exercise so many damn times. The Jazz are not gonna do it. The OKC thing seems like a reach. Like who who would be the team? Like can Minnesota get? No, they have no picks. So what's the team that has picks that needs a point guard that is that that is gonna be aging through a huge contract and and who also um. Uh, you know, a team that Dane would want to play for. We just went over this on the last podcast. And I just think that's why you end up coming with a scenario, like Chris Manning said, where he's like, well, if you imagine a scenario where OKC has won most of their games through January, they're having a hot year. Maybe they want to cash in. Why what, wouldn't they want to stay with the court yes. and bring them all these games, especially <laughs> with when a lot of these guys are just drafted guys who are shot creators and who are playing above where they got drafted, right? Not just SGA, who's, turn into a top 15 top 10 type of talent. But then you talk about, you know, Jalen Williams, who people are really excited Mm -hmm. about. You talk about Josh Giddy. They just drafted another um, guard from Kentucky who people were high on um, uh, in Casson or case Wallace. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name in general. Like, I just think it's, you know, you're kind of reaching for Mm -hmm. these sleeper teams because there's no obvious ones out there. And the ones that were supposed to be like, I don't know, a a Brooklyn, they're not in the game for Dame. They're in the game for Tyler. It's just not there. And so I think people are trying to come up with these, you know, these cute scenarios or maybe something fun could happen and fun for them is Dame not ending up on the heat. And it's, it's fine, man. It's fine. I mean, you hit it
0: fun for them is Dame not ending up on the heat. That's really what it is. I I mean, I I think they're waiting for for Seattle to get the expansion franchise and say, Dame can stay out in the Pacific Northwest. All right. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to better edge. Thanks to SI for providing us podcast fodder here today. Uh, We'll have more stuff over the weekend. And also check out Water Cleanup, WCUFL.com.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. What's so
0: special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.